I want to jump right in with the word this morning. Revelation 19.8 says, And the saints in heaven, I've added that for a little bit of clarity here, were dressed in fine linen, dazzling white and clean. And the fine linen signifies the righteous acts of the saints. And the Amplified Bible expands that righteous acts means our ethical conduct, personal integrity, moral courage, the godly character of believers. In heaven, the people who are there are dressed in white robes. I don't think that's a choir robe. It's like king and queen robes. Uh, We're not going to turn into angels and and be this gigantic eternal choir. If, If you're worried about fashion, as a few of my girls are, I think you'll probably look pretty good. Whatever God's robe is that he has for us to wear is going to look pretty good. But I told you two weeks ago that God does not look at what we look at. We look at a person's outside, God looks at our inside. And in heaven, those two are actually switched. Look what they're wearing. They're wearing the actions of their life. But in heaven, we wear our life story. Thank God it's washed white. Right now, we see the outside, God looks deep in the heart. In heaven, that is reversed. What is now deep in the heart is on the outside. And what we see as your own personal identity and nationality and biological sex and all these things, those are still, you're still going to be you in heaven, but those are interior things inside of what you have done and thought and been. The saints in heaven are wearing their life story that testifies what they did for Jesus and what Jesus did in them. So I'm wearing this white shirt this morning to represent that heavenly robe, pure and clean, white, unspoiled, righteous before God. For those of you uh, listening online, I'm putting a red paint on my brand new white dress shirt. James 2, 10 and 11 says, For whoever shall keep the whole law, and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. For he who said, Do not commit adultery, also said, Do not commit murder. Now if you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. And in the NLT, the same verses say, For the person who keeps all of the laws except one is as guilty as a person who has broken all of God's laws. For the same God who said you must not commit adultery also said you must not commit murder. So if you murder someone but do not commit adultery, you have still broken the law. One sin and our shirt is ruined. One stain ruins the whole shirt. None of you would say of my shirt, well it's 95% clean. It's ruined. 95% of it is completely clean. Perfect, spotless, white as snow. But this ruins the whole thing. This verse says, one sin ruins our entire soul. We have broken God's law, period. It's done, it's over. Well, it's just one little stain. I think I'll keep wearing it. No, you would throw it away. I said you would throw it away. 
One sin. And you've broken the whole law. So it doesn't matter if it's a million or one. Your soul is ruined. Can you imagine if a murderer used the excuse, well, I only did it once. I was good every day of my life. It was only one day. Can you imagine if a cheating spouse used the excuse, well, I was faithful to you for 10 years. I only cheated on you once. No, you ruined everything. Honey, I was faithful to you for 3,650 days. I only cheated on you once. It's ruined. God, I forgive everybody, but I can't forgive her. That one person that you can't forgive stains your whole soul. If you tithe religiously 11 months a year and then skip one, you haven't tithed for the entire year. You're now not tithing. It's, not, it's no longer 10%. You can think of yourself as a submissive person. Well, I honor my boss and I respect my husband and I generally keep my mouth shut. But the one time you lose it, now you're not. Well, I'm a mature person. That means you can't pout ever. <laughs> not for two minutes can you feel sorry for yourself. The moment you do, you're not a mature person. I honor my father and mother. I respect my parents. Yeah? Perfectly? You've never sassed mom and dad. I'm a pretty good dad. I've only lost my temper at my kids and made them cry a couple of times. How many of you have had someone betray you with a bald-faced lie? And you knew it was then or you found out later. And maybe you already knew they were a liar, but maybe you didn't. And that one lie ruins the entire relationship. Now I don't know if they're telling me the truth ever. It only takes one. And trust is lost. This shirt is not mostly clean. It's not 90% clean. It is 90% clean. But it's not. It's ruined. So... Then our response could be, well, why try? I mean, if I'm going to, I might as well go big or go home. If I, if I messed up yesterday and that ruins everything, then, then let's just binge. And we do feel that way when we give in on our diet. Well, I already ate too much today. I might as well just keep going. Well, it's been three months since I looked at anything dirty on the online, but I did today, so I got to repent anyway. I might as well just rack it up. 
kids can get in a mood where once there's rebellion and attempted discipline and they fight that and, and there's just this death spiral where things always grow bigger and get worse. We might as well binge, we might as well, if the cat's out of the bag, I might as well say everything I think now. We get ourselves into a serious mess. But your shirt, your soul, my shirt, my soul, has more than just a little red paint on it. Isaiah 64, 6 says, we are unclean. All our so-called righteous acts are filthy, like a minstrel rag in your sight. God says the best parts of us are like a filthy rag. That's your best days. So this shirt has more than just some red paint on it. Let's rub some mud on it. Let's let you use it for some toilet paper for a while. And then let's mop up some vomit with it. And that is the real picture of the condition of my soul. And I'm being gross on purpose because God did. I'm not exaggerating. That is the true condition of our soul apart from Christ. I am not a good husband. I'm not even a bad husband. I am a complete failure at doing anything right. Except for God's help. I am the chief of sinners. Paul and I are in a contest. I'm going to argue over that one. This week I was speaking with a wife whose husband is cheating on her and forcing a divorce that she doesn't want. And she's heartbroken and she's crying. But she's also confused and shocked and she kept saying things like I just can't believe it I can't believe it anybody but him never in a million years would I have guessed that he would do this I just can't figure it out I I don't know what's come over him she continually said things like that and I said I won't say her name ma'am it's sin your husband is not a good man and you are not a good woman there is no such thing. It is sin. We all, on our own, are absolutely, completely, easily capable of the grossest betrayals, the most wicked evils, the most shocking selfishness. It is actually terrifying to me, the depths of hypocrisy that even someone who claims to be a Christian can go to. Just ask John Christ. Todd Bentley, Jim Baker, if you know those names. So I have no right to judge anyone as worse than me. I'm not a good guy who has some character flaws. I'm not a Christian guy trying to do my best. I am a complete failure at doing anything right. And my best attempts to please God are filthy rags. But Jesus, Jesus can make this shirt white again. As white as snow, the Bible says, 
Another place it says, he, his clothing became whiter than any launderer on earth could bleach them. Completely pure and spotless and clean. Revelation 7, 9 to 14. After these things I looked and behold a great multitude which no one could number of all nations and tribes and people and tongue standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes and crying out in a loud voice saying salvation belongs to our God and who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. These are the ones who washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. These are the ones who washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. These are the ones who washed their deeds. Right? The robes are our deeds, our actions, our thoughts, our attitudes, our judgments, our life story. They washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb. I don't have any scientific answer for how we can dip our life in Jesus' blood and it comes out white as snow. I don't know that. But spiritually it's true. That it's only His blood that can wash our sins away. Only He can make us clean. We are helplessly filthy completely worthless on our own but when we wash our life in the blood of Jesus he's got some Holy Spirit oxyclean for us yeah. Revelation 19 7 and 8 let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready and to her it was granted to be dressed in fine linen clean and bright his wife is the church his bride to her it was granted to be dressed in fine linen, clean and bright. Clean and bright. Clean and bright. Romans 5, Paul says this. Sin entered the world through one man and death through sin. And in this way, death came to all men. Even over those who did not sin by breaking a command as did Adam. But the gift is not like the trespass. For as the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Again, the gift of God is not like the result of the one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of one man, do you think Paul wants us to get this? Six times he says this. Six times. Adam sinned once and you're all lost. Jesus got it right once and everybody can be saved. It's exactly the opposite in Christ. In sin, one sin ruins the whole shirt. In Jesus, one touch cleans the whole shirt. If by the trespass of one man, death reigned through the one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Consequently, he says it again. Just as the result of one trespass was condemnation for all men, so also the result of one act of righteousness was justification that brings life to all men. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of one man, the many will be made righteous. Yes. Jesus comes to your gross soul, your filthy shirt, and puts one swipe of his blood on it and the whole thing becomes holy. Just like your one sin ruined it, his one touch heals it, cleanses it. In Christ, when you are intentionally obeying, then the opposite of sin is true. 
One sin ruined your whole soul. One touch of Jesus' blood cleans your whole soul. God says, that's a holy shirt now because it belongs to my son. The shirt is your soul. Your spirit. That's good news. Do you get it? Do you get it? Maybe not all of your soul is yet sin-free. you still got some habits and some thoughts and things you're trying to conquer and unlearn. But one touch from Jesus and the whole thing is holy. Just like when you were sinning, maybe there were some areas you were doing it right, but the whole thing was ruined. When you're in sin, it doesn't matter what you do right, it doesn't count. When you're in Christ, your sin is forgiven, it doesn't count. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. The old is gone and the new has come. You're not, when you come to Jesus, you're not just some cleaner. You're not just less filthy. You don't become a broken person trying your best to do what God wants. No, you become completely clean. Completely forgiven. Completely stain free. Everything you have done to stain your mind and your soul and your body is washed away in the blood of Jesus. So I hear two responses to that. But Mitch, I don't live clean. I messed up yesterday. God says our righteousness is by faith. If it doesn't take faith for you to believe God has made you, Jesus has made you righteous, then you are self-righteous. If you think you, well, I'm in Christ, I'm righteous now. You actually are self-righteous. It should take faith. Because you are so aware of how not living up to this thing you actually are. Hello? The paradox, the irony of the Christian life is that I know that Jesus has made me holy. But the more aware I am of how dirty I am and how much I need him, the cleaner I am. And the less aware of my own need for him and my own filthiness, the more self-righteous and not needing Jesus I become. We have to live in that tension of, by faith, yes, I understand Jesus has made me clean, but I also understand that I am not a good person. I'm a pretty dirty person. I lie, I cheat, I'm selfish, I do what I want, I hurt people. So, if you're one that would say, okay, I get that Jesus makes me clean, but I don't see that every day in my life. Yeah, you're right. Every day, admit how much you need him. Ask his forgiveness, and you stay clean. To whatever extent you think you're clean, you're actually not. To the extent that you admit how dirty you are, you are clean. The other response I hear, would hear is, yep, that's right, 
but Mitch, yep, Jesus made me clean, and that's when I was baptized and asked forgiveness, and now I'm clean. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. I don't have to worry about sin anymore. Well, the rest of us do have to worry about your sin. Because maybe you're clueless, but we see it. We feel it. Jesus, when he wants to wash the disciples' feet, Peter says, no, you are not washing my feet, Jesus. Jesus says, if you don't let me wash your feet, you can have no part of me. Peter says, wash all of me then. (laughs) Dump it all on, Jesus. Here's the shampoo. And Jesus says, listen, Jesus says, no, you've already had a bath. You only need to wash your feet. Get this. Your, if you're in Christ, your soul, your spirit has had its bath. It's baptism. You are clean. But Jesus said, every time you come in my house, you need to wash your feet. Your feet are the part of you that touches the earth. Hello? The part of you that lives in this world gets dirty in daily life. You didn't fail, you just lived life. Never can we say, it's done, it's permanent, it's over, I don't need to repent anymore, I did that and I'm clean. Every day, go to Jesus to get your feet washed. He's the one who does it. Jesus, I got dirty. Please wash me clean. In James... James, writing to the church, says, wash your hands, you sinners. Because in the church, there are some people who think they're Christian, but they're hypocrites. They've got hidden sin. They've got dirt or, and or blood on their hands. So there are some people who could think, hearing this, oh yes, I'm clean, I don't need to worry about it. I repented of my sin that one time, yeah, 20 years ago, and I haven't since. Wash your hands and wash your feet. So there are some of you here this morning, you have never had Jesus wash your shirt. You have never surrendered to him. You have never admitted your sin, never confessed that you need forgiven and saved. We invite you this morning to please come. He can exchange your Muddy, filthy, bloody, gross shirt for a clean one. Some of you did that a long time ago, but you have fallen away. You have fallen into hypocrisy and you have something on your hands because you've been playing with bad stuff. You need to get washed this morning. And some of you, haven't been intentionally drifting from God or ignoring His Word or hiding sin and hypocrisy, but just in daily life, you get dirty. Some of it is other people's fault, and a lot of it is your own. It's just life. God isn't mad, but you have to be washed clean. So no one is exempt from what we're about to do. You either need your whole shirt washed or you need to come and repent of that sin that's on your hands that you've been hiding and 
touching some pretty bad stuff. Or maybe you just need to examine your day yesterday and, or this morning and ask for forgiveness and cleansing. Just the things of daily life. Bow your head, close your eyes, get on the floor if you want, get on your knees if you want, whatever, and just give God time to clean you. You admit what you need to admit, ask forgiveness for what you need to ask forgiveness for, and let him wash you clean. Don't leave here the same way you came.